you have your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of John and chapter 8. John chapter 8. It's been said that if you tell a man that there are 581,678,934,341 stars, he'll believe you. But when he comes to the sign that says fresh paint, he's going to have to investigate for himself. It seems like questions and skepticism are in. They're the in thing these days. Maybe that's always been so, but it seems especially so in our day, especially when it comes to Christianity quite common to ask lots of questions that raise a lot of doubt about the truths of God's Word and then offer no real answers. It's also becoming quite common to question the intelligence of those who believe the Bible. Maybe you're among those who've been challenged that way. Why do you believe the Bible? It's an old book. What's wrong with you? Now, it's one thing to ask honest questions of God's Word. That's fine. But the problem comes when you fail to accept God's answers. When you ask a question of the Bible, do you believe or reject the truth? I hope you believe the truth. Do not reject the truth of God's Word. That's critical because how you answer is the difference between eternal life in the presence of God, eternal life in the presence of God's glory, or eternal damnation and separation from God and His glory. It's important, to say the least. And as we come to the text of God's Word this morning, you may come saying you believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but does your life show that you truly believe His Word? What does the evidence of how you live your life say about what you actually believe? Sadly, for the people that we see in the passage we're looking at today, the evidence of their unbelief is plentiful. So beginning in verse 48, follow along with me. John chapter 8, verse 48, I'll read to the end of the chapter. The Jews answered him, answering Jesus, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Verse 52, the Jews said to him, Now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets, yet you say, If anyone keeps my word, you will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Verse 54, Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is Nothing. 
It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. But you have not known him, I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham? Verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am, says Jesus. Now, for several studies here in chapter 8, we've been listening to this conversation that Jesus has been having with the Jewish religious leaders. One common theme throughout the whole conversation here in chapter 8 has been the persistent unbelief of these Jewish religious leaders. We can see their unbelief in their attitude as well as their actions. Their attitude is seen in the three questions they ask of Jesus, and their actions are seen in their responses to Jesus' answers. And I want you to note that when they ask their questions, their tone isn't really inquisitive. It's actually accusatory. You heard that, didn't you? Here's question number one. It's in verse 48. Look at verse 48 again. The Jews answered him, Are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Their attitude here that reveals their unbelief is one of, you might call it, racial superiority. You're a Samaritan, they say. Now for a Jew to be called a Samaritan, that was a highly derogatory label. They were suggesting he was a mixed race with an apostate religion. They were also calling Jesus a heretic. Their attitude is also one of spiritual superiority. They say, you've got a demon. You're demon-possessed. You'd have to be demon-possessed to call our beliefs and spirituality into question. And we saw that back in verses 39 through 47 when Jesus made clear that their father was the devil and they were doing his work. They didn't take kindly to that. Well, Jesus was no heretic and he's certainly not demon-possessed. He was, in fact, only doing what the father required of him, only doing what the father sent him to do and accomplish. He was, in fact, being obedient to God the Father. He says in verse 49, I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father. Next question. Question number two. It's in verse 53. Look at verse 53 again. They say, Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Their attitude of unbelief seen here 
is one of, well, you might call it superior intellect. You're not very smart, they're saying. How can you claim to be greater than Abraham? How can you be greater than the prophet Abraham? Uh, And what about the other prophets? They were great, and yet they're all dead. Who do you think you are? Of course, they weren't of greater intelligence than Jesus, and clearly they are clouded in their understanding of who Jesus is. Jesus also wasn't promoting himself. That's not why Jesus came, was it? He came to seek and to save the lost, not to promote himself. Jesus also says, points to the fact that he's been taught by the Father. We heard that back in verse 28. I do nothing on my own authority, but I speak just as the Father taught me. Again, Jesus on mission, being obedient to God the Father. Question number three in verse 57. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus had said in verse 56, your father Abraham? Rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Now we don't know how much Abraham knew about the coming Messiah. Some think God revealed more to him than we see in the scriptures. We don't know that. We really can't say for sure. What we do know is that it had been revealed to Abraham that God would bless the world through him. And so the attitude that reveals these Jewish religious leaders' unbelief here in verse 57 is again one of their superior attitude. It's as if they're saying, well, you know, they said, you aren't even 50 yet. Abraham lived and died over 2,000 years ago. How could you possibly suggest that you saw Abraham? Of course, they're disregarding any possibility that Jesus is God. God in human flesh. And so how could he know anything they didn't already know about Abraham? How could you tell us something we don't already know? Next, we're going to see that their unbelief is also seen in their actions or, or lack thereof. Verse 49 says, Jesus says, you dishonor me. He says it in response to their rejection of his claims when they accused Jesus of being demon-possessed. You dishonor me. Claims made, by the way, out of obedience to the Father. Their unbelief is seen in the fact that they don't keep Jesus' words either. Jesus says, verse 51, Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Is Jesus preaching works? (laughs) No. No, keeping Jesus' word is believing in him. If anyone keeps my word, Jesus is talking about those who believe in him. We saw this back in John 5 and verse 24 in our more recent study also in John 8 and verse 24. Jesus says, John 5, 24, Truly, truly I say to you, 
Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Believe. Believe Jesus. Believe his words. And have life. Then here in John 8 in verse 24, we heard this. I told you that you would die in your sins for, here it is, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. But they don't believe. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't keep his word. And their unbelief is also seen when they doubt his power over life and death. They can't fathom how Jesus could possibly have any power over death. It's in verse 52 when after Jesus promised that those who keep his word, those who believe in him, will never see death. And they, they say, in effect, how can that be? Abraham died as did the prophets, and you're nowhere near as great as they were, and yet they died. There's a similar thought in verse 57 when they said, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? In other words, you couldn't possibly have power over death. So they doubt his power over life and death. We also see their unbelief when they doubt Jesus' deity. They don't believe in his deity. They don't believe he's God in human flesh. They suggest Abraham is greater than Jesus. Verse 53, are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And again, their unbelief is revealed when their actions don't match their words. Look at verse 54. Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say, He is our God. Jesus challenges them. You say God is your God? Your actions don't align with your words. That's implied here, but Jesus stated it clearly in verse 40 when he said, But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. That is, this is not what Abraham did. You say God is your God? Your actions betray you. Betray you for unbelief. If you were really spiritual descendants of your father Abraham, then his God would also be your God, But that's not true of you. Jesus is challenging them. Their unbelief is also seen in their disobedience to God. That's what Jesus means in verse 55 when he says, But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Jesus knows God the Father. Jesus obeys God the Father. Did they? They did not. They didn't obey God. They didn't truly know God as they claimed. Now, whenever you see this idea of knowing God, 
You'll see it here often in John's Gospel. When you see this idea of knowing God, here's the connection. To know God is to obey God. To know God is to obey God. Their disobedience is evidence of their unbelief. They are liars like their father, the devil. Their unbelief is also seen in verse 56 by contrast to their ancestral father, Abraham. He lived by faith in the promise that God would bless the whole world through him. Through his descendants, Abraham rejoiced and was glad Abraham didn't see the promised Messiah, but he lived by faith and he lived with joy. Look at verse 56 again. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Abraham lived by faith. These Jewish religious leaders, they were not living by faith. Abraham's faith led to great joy in God's promises. And their lack of faith is seen in their lack of joy. One of the reasons I pray often that God will strengthen my faith and strengthen your faith is so that we will know his joy. That we will know the joy of walking with the Lord, walking by faith. Walking as Abraham walked, living as Abraham lived. Of all people on earth, God's people ought to be the most joyful people on earth. If all of that isn't enough evidence of their unbelief, there's one glaring thing. (laughs) They try to kill him. They try to kill him. Verse 59 says they picked up stones to throw at him. Why try to kill the one God glorifies? Well, because you don't believe in that one. You don't believe in Jesus. Isn't there enough evidence for them to have faith in Jesus? Oh, there's plenty of evidence. There was plenty of evidence for faith in Jesus. Think about the evidence in favor of of Jesus Christ and belief in him. Think of the overwhelming evidence and think about why they should have believed in him and why we should believe in him today. Why should you believe in Jesus? We ought to believe in Jesus because the Father glorifies the Son. God the Father points to the Son and glorifies the Son. In verse 50 and verse 54, Jesus says, verse 50, I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge, God the Father. And in verse 54, it is my Father who glorifies me. The Father glorifies the Son. Believe in the Son. Now, how does the Father glorify the Son? One way is seen in John 6, back when we studied John 6 in verse 37, when Jesus says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Never. Isn't that a wonderful word? If you believe in Jesus, 
You will never be cast out. Eternal life is only through faith in the Son. And those who put their faith in the Son glorify the Son. That fact that the Son gives eternal life, that glorifies the Son. We should also believe because the Son is the I am. I am. In other words, He is from before the beginning. You can't even imagine before the beginning. Not properly. None of us can. Jesus is from before the beginning. Jesus says in verse 58, Before Abraham was, I am. You want more evidence for faith in Jesus? Believe also in Jesus because Jesus is the key to eternal life, to being right with God. We hear it in verse 51. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Oh, we'll die physically. The, the likelihood is that we'll die physically. We all face death. We're all praying for the rapture. But unless that happens, we all face death. But that's a bodily death, an earthly death. There is eternal life, which, by the way, you've already begun if your faith is in Jesus. You're not waiting for eternal life. You're, you're living now if your faith is in Jesus Christ. Realize that. And your eternal life continues after your body gives up. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. I noted earlier that knowing God means obedience to him. You need to remember that. We see the same idea in keeping Jesus' word. That's obedience. And the first step of obedience is belief in Jesus Christ. You realize that? The first step of obedience is belief in Jesus. Maybe the second is repentance. <laughs> to admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus says, John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me Though he die, yet shall he live. We still need more evidence. God gives it to us. You should also believe in Jesus because God holds power over life and death. It's what the Jewish religious leaders were also rejecting about Jesus. There are a couple of pointers to that here. One clear and the other subtle that Jesus has the power. He holds the power over life and death. First, and obviously, you ought to believe in Jesus because those who keep Jesus' word, those who obey and believe, says verse 51, will never see death. Again, we, we're given this gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. We have this day that we look forward to. Some of us say, when I get to heaven, I will, and you fill in the blank, we should, we should say to ourselves instead, when I get to heaven, I will see Jesus. That's what you're going to want to do first. Trust me. You'll be with Jesus. We ought to believe in Jesus because 
Those who keep Jesus' word, those who obey and believe, says verse 51, will, will never see death. But God's power is also seen at the end of our text in verse 59. Imagine it. Jesus had just proclaimed himself to be equal with God when he said that he was the I am. Jesus is the I am. And their first instinct, it was not to fall down and worship him. It was actually to pick up stones to try to kill him. But verse 59, I love how the Bible doesn't give us details. Because we get hung up on details sometimes. Verse 59, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. If you or I were writing the story, wouldn't we write it much more dramatic than that? They threw stones, they bounced off and went back and killed the throwers, right? Or the, or the stones acted like boomerangs. Came right back, right? No. Jesus hid himself. How did he hide himself? Bible doesn't say. Doesn't matter. It was impossible for them to do anything to him because it wasn't his time yet. There are many ways Jesus could have dealt with the situation. But God has written this story. And Jesus is not about glorifying himself. And it's not yet time for him to die at the hands of these Jewish religious leaders. So he simply, it says, he simply slips away. Wouldn't you like to do that sometimes? (laughs) I know I would. We can't. But Jesus can. God in human flesh, surrounded by people in the temple courts, he simply is no longer there. That's the power of God. That's the power of God over all events, including life and death. Know this. Here's the point. There's no subverting God's plan. There's no subverting the plan of the Father. So just in case all the previous reasons aren't enough for believing in Jesus, here's one more. And by far, this is not the greatest. We might think, this is incredible that they they try to throw stones at him and he just slips away. But that's not the greatest. It's not the greatest of all reasons to believe in him, but just try and lay a hand on Jesus before it's time. And you'll learn that God is in control. Jesus hides himself and slips away unharmed. That's the power of God. But I said that's not the greatest demonstration of the power of God. This is nothing compared to how God would glorify the Son when Jesus was raised from the dead. Their unbelief might baffle us. It might baffle you to see this hardened heart attitude of these Jewish religious leaders. Why will people not see life? Why will people not escape death? Is it because they didn't understand or because they didn't believe? You might say, well, they just don't understand. They need to understand. Well, they need to believe. 
Is it because they didn't understand or because they didn't believe? There's a third option. And I say neither to those two. People experience death instead of life because of their sin. That's verse 24. Says Jesus, I told you that you would die in your sins. Why? Because verse 34, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. You and I before Christ, we are slaves to sin. We are bound in the chains of sin and we desperately need someone to free us from sin. These people had met Jesus. They had heard the truth. They had the example of faith from their father Abraham, but they didn't believe. And as long as they remained in their unbelief, they would remain sinners who would never experience eternal life. They needed to believe in Jesus. They also needed the Father to draw them to himself. Jesus says, truly, truly, verse 51, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The message, I think, loud and clear for unbelievers today is believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and never see death. Have the gift of forgiveness of sins the gift of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. Never experience eternal suffering and separation from God. Just as Jesus says, John 11, verse 25, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Though you face a physical death, you shall live eternally. And if you call Jesus your Savior and Lord today, hear this. If you call Jesus your Savior and Lord today, do you realize it's possible for you to say you believe and yet live like you don't? It's possible that you say you believe in Jesus' power to save, His power to cleanse from sin. It's even possible you say you wish to glorify God with your life. And yet, like these Jewish religious leaders... Your actions don't align with your words. You say one thing and do another. You show your unbelief in your actions or lack thereof. You may have an attitude of racial superiority, spiritual superiority, intellectual superiority. You fail to keep Jesus' words. You show you don't believe His words by not obeying them. You doubt God's power. You lack faith and you do not have the joy of the Lord, the joy that's yours because of your faith in Him. It's possible to say you believe and actually not believe, not live like you believe. That could be you. It could be me today. We need to examine our hearts and let God's Word shine the light of truth into our hearts, deep into the darkest area of, of our lives. Even though we say we believe in the Son, the Son that gives eternal life, it's possible to live like we don't believe. And that's because at times, I think it's because of this at times, because we think the freedom found in Christ is only ours 
in eternity when we, we get to heaven. But do you realize the freedom to live for Christ is yours now? And that we're to take advantage of the privileges of being saved by faith through faith in Jesus Christ alone by taking steps to obey His Word daily, to get the Word in, to live the Word out. You see, the freedom from sin and its guilt and being controlled by sin is is ours today. We're not waiting to be liberated from this body only. Sometimes we think, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven because then, and I know often what I say is then I'll be done with sin. You know, won't that be the day to be done with sin? And yet, with Christ in you, if your faith is in Jesus, God is giving you the power by His Spirit and His Word to look sin in the eye and say, no. To look temptation in the face and say, I'm done with you. Will we be sinless this side of heaven? No. Wouldn't it be nice? But we have the power We have the equipping. We have the filling of the Holy Spirit. I read it at the beginning of the service this morning, remember? Ephesians 5. Hear these words. Hear these words again in Ephesians 5. Verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. That's obvious to us, isn't it? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with with the Spirit. We need the filling of the Spirit. But the Bible says, be filled. Like we have something to say about it. In other words, we do. We need to get into the Word daily. Get the Word into us daily. And then, humble ourselves before the Word. And then, take steps to obey every day thanking God for his indwelling presence, thanking him for his strength and power to say no to temptation and sin. And remember Jesus' words from verse 52, and rejoice in this truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Yes, we all face a physical death, but there is eternal life in glory with Jesus for all who believe in him. Begin with belief and continue to obey. Jesus is the I am, the I am of yesterday, the I am of today. Jesus reigns today. May he reign in our lives. He's also the I am for all eternity. And so if you keep his word, that is, if you have placed your faith in him for the cleansing and forgiveness from sin and for eternal life, then life in Christ is yours today. Let's not waste our lives rolling around in the filth that this world offers, neglecting 
the truth of God's word. Life in Christ is yours through faith in Christ. If you're not a believer today, hear this. Believe in Jesus. Repent of your sin. Talk to God in prayer right where you sit in this moment. Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in him. Confess that you're a sinner. Ask for forgiveness. It'll be yours. And you'll be able to praise God with all believers who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ that he is with you now to help you glorify him with your obedience. That's our role now. Let's glorify God.